and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, flying solo on the intro and outro and the interview today. And what an interview we have for all of you today. This is part seven of our Your Animated Life series, and it's the final installment of the series. And today I'm very pleased to present Lauren Krieger, who is an animation professional. She is a storyboard revisionist at Wild Canary. And today we talked about your health, specifically your mental health, your physical health, your general well-being, our thoughts on how to have a healthy lifestyle, thoughts on the industry, thoughts on success and school, working in animation, having support groups, a lot of good topics were covered in today's episode, and I'm actually very proud of this episode and the entire series, and I just want to thank everybody out there for participating. Thank you very much to my co-host Jeff. Thank you to all of our wonderful guests who have been on the show. This mini-series has meant a great deal to me because it covered topics that I don't often hear people talk about in animation at least not in a podcast setting and not usually in interviews. They're things that I often talk about with friends at lunchtime and coffee houses and when we're having game nights and things like that, but they're not topics that I ever heard anybody talk about while I was in school and when I was looking for a job. And it's very important for people to be aware of issues that exist. And the things that we talked about in this series Quite honestly, they're things that they're not just in the animation industry. Having worked in two other industries prior to this, publishing and IT, there are certain aspects of what we've discussed that pertain to those industries as well. And so I hope that all of you out there have gotten a lot out of this series. I've heard some very nice comments from people via email and Twitter and Instagram, so I'm glad that it's helped you out. And for those of you out there, even though we're concluding this series, if you have any questions about the animation industry, you can send them our way via our email. Our email address is contact at theanimatedjourney.com. We love receiving questions. I try to answer them as quickly as possible. Sometimes it takes a little bit, but we enjoy receiving your emails because it's always very encouraging to us that we're providing a good service for all of you out there. But it's also fun to hear your stories and how you're trying to get into the industry, whether you're in California or out of state somewhere in the U.S. or if you're in another country. So we're always happy to help however we can. If we can't answer your question, we can usually point you in the right direction for other resources that might be out there that can help you out. So again, just want to thank everyone who's participated in this series. Very much appreciated. So without further ado, I'm happy to present episode 92, Your Animated Life, Your Health, with our special guest, Lauren Krieger. It's so wonderful to have you back. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. So this is part seven of our Your Animated Life series. This is the final episode of our mini series. It's been a lot of fun. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from people. So I, I'm happy that all of you out there have been enjoying it. And we really wanted to talk about this. And I wanted to bring you on for this because we've talked about this just in our own 
lives outside of the podcast. So we're going to be talking about your health. And when I say your health, I mean our health. So yours, mine, the listeners out there, things we can do to have healthy habits. And just want to give a disclaimer because all of you guys know this, but we are not medical professionals. We are animation professionals. And so we're going to be giving you good advice, things that we've researched and also things from our own personal lives, but we highly encourage you go to the doctor. If you need a psychiatrist, a psychologist, if you need medication, what have you, go and seek help from a medical professional. We highly encourage this. We have, and it worked out great. So we encourage that for you guys too, but we just wanted to give you kind of an overview. Yes. Cause I know for me, this is something that was never discussed. And when I went through it, I was still, I mean, as a human, you have emotion. So it's something you constantly have to go through, but like, I didn't understand what was happening. So because I hadn't heard anyone talk about it. So I'm excited that we get to talk about it. I am too, because I feel like, you know, you shine a light in the darkness mm-hmm. and then other people know. And also what it does too is people realize, oh, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. Believe us when we tell you, you are not the only one. Especially if you're an artist. I don't know if it's a thing that just more artists experience more than yeah. other people. I think it goes across the board. Like, who knows? But we're going to discuss it. So, Lauren, let's start with you. Let's start at your story here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess... I moved out to LA to pursue animation in 2012 and I'm originally from the Midwest. So like I came out super starry eyed and also like all I knew about animation is that it's hard work. You got to work hard and you'll make it happen. And I'm not afraid of hard work. So that didn't really deter me whatsoever. But what I didn't anticipate was just all the emotions just of never at once you're like, working along like really talented people and this was for me when I was at school at UCLA I loved working with everyone but it also just like just brought up a lot of insecurity of feeling like you're never gonna be enough no matter how hard you work and I went into a really bad downward spiral after my first year and it I didn't understand what was going on I probably should have gone to the UCLA health center to talk with someone but I like no one in my family had gone through any like mental health stuff and so like I just trudged through it and kept on working hard and just kept on burying stuff deeper and deeper until it finally came out like four years later and yeah and I know for me like on my end I think what helped me a lot and so we'll talk about the uh, the mental health aspect as our first part mm-hmm. of this episode but for me so After college, the first time when I was at University of Texas, I moved to New York, and that was a change, going from Houston to New York. New York being, at the time, and it still is, but it's the largest city in the country, at the time that I was there, back in 2004 to 2007, had 11 million people. Everybody stacked on top of each other, and there's just a lot. There's just a lot going on in the city. And for me, there was just everybody was everywhere and I was also trying to get a job and I was also dealing with a new climate and I was dealing unfortunately with a whole lot of street harassment Mm -hmm. was a big thing and then also seeing people getting into fights like I used to see people in Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens getting into fights I saw a woman who was clearly schizophrenic get on a train and punch a woman 
I saw a guy attacking a trash can, talking to himself. There's just a lot of different things. And so for me, after experiencing all of that, I knew that I now had a great deal of anxiety and other things that I was not handling well. And fortunately for me, uh, my grandmother, who's passed away several years ago, but my grandmother was a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. and she worked with people who had schizophrenia, bipolar, you know, anxiety issues. So she had worked with a lot of different people that had a lot of mental health issues. And I had friends and family who've had mental health issues who were able to seek out help and treatment. So fortunately for me, when I started realizing I have a lot of anxiety and I'm not sleeping and it's keeping me up at night and I'm constantly worrying about things that aren't happening all day and it's not going away for weeks at a time, I knew that, oh, this is actually an issue and I should talk to somebody. So I'm very thankful for my family and friends having seen people go through that to know that that was something I could get help with. So I ended up going to a wonderful therapist who helped me out for a year and a half, and that's what helped me be able to go to art school. Mm -hmm. Because had I not sought out help for anxiety, I would not have been in any shape whatsoever to then move to another state and then start school. And I feel like I started school in a better position than I would have been. You know, you know, stuff happens with school. But yeah, so I recommend for anybody a mental health professional is just like any other doctor. And I've heard people say this, if you hurt your leg, you go and see somebody. If you know, you're having problems with your eyes, you go to the eye doctor. If you have problems with you know, respiratory infections or whatever, you know, you'll go to various doctors. And sadly, at least in the United States, there's still this stigma with mental illness. And I feel like, no, it's like, if something's going on with your brain, your brain is an organ. If it's not functioning right, Go to a doctor. Yeah. Go, go talk to somebody about And this. to attach to that too, like, because for me, I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I just knew, like, I just felt so off balanced. But hiding it really well behind, like, a oh, bubbly yeah. personality. Yeah. But, like, I think it's just really important when, like, you know something about yourself is just off kilter. No matter what you do, you can't get it back. Like, mm -hmm. it's really important just to talk to someone because otherwise... Even if it's, like, a trusted friend, if that's, like, what you feel comfortable with at first. Yeah, it's just important to talk about it instead of just trudging along. Yeah, and unfortunately, especially if you're in school, school is four years of trudge. I mean, that's really mm -hmm. all that it is. And the sad thing is nobody in school is telling you, hey, maybe you shouldn't pull an all-nighter. Maybe you shouldn't just eat candy and ramen. Maybe you shouldn't <laughs> compare yourself to everyone else. No one's encouraging healthy habits. Mm -hmm. So you end up in this spiral of eating things that aren't good for you, not exercising and not sleeping, which honestly is going to add to you feeling awful. Mm -hmm. And I think tied to that too, because like during school, it's like you're spending all this money and time for the ultimate goal of like getting hired. For most people mm -hmm. so like it sets this weird priority in your brain where it's just like oh your work and your art that's number one and everything else doesn't matter and I mean sometimes that happens in life where for a short period you can prioritize that as number one but like it's not healthy to do that long term like it slowly wears you down oh yeah yeah I can I can feel it it's it's not good and the thing is this is only coming from hindsight and 
it's coming from a place of, well, yeah, I have a job now. Mm -hmm. I have an apartment. I have a place to live. I have money to, like, afford things when before I didn't. So it's coming off the other side of that. But honestly, looking back, I do wish I could tell myself, hey, it will be okay, but not if you're dead. So if you don't sleep and you don't eat and you're just in just constant stress, it's not going to create great art. And there's, this gets into a whole other thing where there's definitely a myth in the arts that great art only comes from pain and sadness and struggle. And quite frankly, that's not true. Great art, to me personally, it does come from your personal experience, but honestly, it also comes from practice and it also comes from time and it can come from genuinely good happy things too all art great art doesn't just come from you just being miserable but that's in our culture of like oh i must suffer and then it'll be great and it's like no you don't have to suffer all the time yeah yeah i agree <laughs> yeah i wanted to get into a couple of things i thought would be really helpful for you guys so one of them i recommend listening to this is actually a different podcast but i recommend listening to this it's the cracked podcast it's cracked.com they had a really awesome episode that i recommend to you guys it's called five mainstream health habits that trick you into feeling lousy and one of the biggest ones they talked about was not getting enough sleep and they talked about how you hear about all these famous figures in history who you know pretty much brag about the fact that they're just perpetually nocturnal and i feel like they have like a genetic thing like because mm-hmm. there are a few people who genetically can do it and be fine but yeah. then they make the rest of us feel like oh yeah four hours it's fine there's no consequences to yeah, that there, there's totally consequences one of them i remember hearing on um hidden brain which is a really good show there was a guy that was he i think it was in the 50s or 60s he won a contest there was a radio contest for the person that could go without the most sleep so he didn't sleep for, I believe, a week and a half. That's awful. And then 20 years later, now he suffers from horrific insomnia. And doctors think it was tied to the fact that he just flat out didn't sleep for a week when he was younger. So stuff like that can catch up to you. And, you know, there's definitely a myth in American culture of the person that is totally self-made, who works themselves almost to death who barely survives on anything but their own moxie, who does everything by themselves, and somehow we're supposed to elevate that kind of person. And that's nuts. You can't, that's not a sustainable thing. And as two people that are now in the industry, we can tell you, please sleep. Yeah, (laughs) like, I know for me, when I was an undergrad, there was a stretch during my senior year where I was only getting four hours of sleep for like, every night for one semester and one I was driving back and forth to school and I would remember getting into my car and get got home safely but I don't remember the drive which that is not safe yeah because they say like a certain amount of hours you're basically drunk driving because that's how like lack of sleep affects your brain I know I also had like little control over my emotions when people would ask how I'm doing because I was so stressed out I would just start crying Mm. yeah and now years out my body will if I get less than six hours of sleep my body will reprimand me and I will automatically get sick with a cold or whatever my body is now just like no don't do that again that actually happens to me a lot where if I go for long periods of time without eating right and sleeping right my body will essentially shut down and I'll get really sick 
Yeah. For about so take care of days. yourself. Get yeah. sleep, please. Yeah. So one of the things I was thinking about, like, well, what do you do then if you're either if you're in school or you're working hard towards getting a job and you're not yet there and you seriously do need the money and you do yeah. need to finish your assignments. And for me, I think it was just a thing of realizing it's okay if it takes longer than I initially anticipated. And it's okay if I don't get a job as fast as my friends. The first thing, you have to stop comparing how you work to how your friends work. Now, what I'm not saying is not trying to make good habits of, oh, I need to spend a set amount of time to work. I do need to improve the craft. Maybe I need to improve perspective or color theory. I'm not saying don't pay attention to your hard skills. What I am saying is it's okay if you graduate from art school in five years instead of four. It's okay if you're not the first person in your class to work at a studio. It's okay if you get your studio job a couple of years out because everyone's gonna end up going at their own pace and the habits you develop in school, you're going to carry that with you, especially into your first job. And if in your first job, you're kind of a wreck. It's gonna yeah. kind of mess you up for the first couple of months you're in that first job. Yes. So it's, you know, if that means, hey, maybe you take a part-time job and do half the course load, but you do a really good job on that half of the course load because you're getting better sleep and you're able to focus a little bit more and take a little more time, that's perfectly all right. If you're working some kind of day job before you get into the industry so that you can take a couple more classes or work on your portfolio longer, that's okay. Yeah, because I think when you do put all that stress on yourself, like you're slowly Mm -hmm. destroying yourself, it takes a while to build yourself back up. So yeah, for me, like, I wish I would have been told this because it's now taking time to build myself back up to like balance and what that looks like. But if I had been told this beforehand and just set those healthy habits and rules from the get go, yeah, it might have taken more time to like get my foot in the door But I know it's kind of hard because it's just like, well, it did work out for me in the end. But also like, oh, there's a lot of consequences from those actions. So just think through what you're doing. And if it's like destroying yourself, it's really not worth it because life is very short. And it's what type of life are you living if you're broken? Yeah. And our society and especially the animation industry, and I've said it before, it does not encourage healthy habits. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love my studio. We have candy everywhere. I'm not complaining about having candy. I'm not complaining about having donuts. But nobody's going around saying, hey, Angela, you should eat a carrot today. Here's a basket of carrots. So no one ever in the animation industry. Have a salad. So no one in the animation industry. There was one place I worked at that instead in the morning of doing like bagels or or like Mm -hmm. donuts, they did a tray of fruit and it was the best thing ever. And I wish more places would do that. We have fruit. So I've started working really hard to getting the fruit instead of getting... (laughs) The donuts and the candy but what I'm saying with this is that you have to make that decision before you're even in that situation mm-hmm. so you have to decide I'm not gonna eat the way that all my friends and peers are eating I'm going to get which I looked this up according to the Mayo Clinic the average adult needs seven to nine hours of sleep so you're probably out there the average adult Okay, stop pretending you're the adult that only needs four. Don't, don't, don't do that. Like you need, you genuinely need more sleep. 
you guys all know this, you need to have fruits and vegetables. You should be doing, you know, 30 to 60 minutes of exercise every day. Yeah. And even if it's just walking, <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't have to be like where, I mean, for me, I fell out of my exercising habit just because mm. when I was in school, because I was prioritizing everything in it, and I just did not have time for yeah. anything but art. But like walking counts if you're going from inactive to active. Don't discount like, oh, walking's not a thing. Like if it's anything, a thing. get a walk in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus you'll go outside smell the fresh air it'll kind of help calm you down yeah just a little bit yeah because you need you need that and for me i graduated in three years it was very difficult i was working the last two years of school working 20 to 30 hours a week did i and then you know i graduated in 2014 i got hired full-time at nick 2016 so it took, you know, two years, which at the time I thought that was forever. But looking back, that really wasn't that long. And part of the reason it took two years was I had to move to LA and I had to redo my portfolio and I had to make more connections. And I think had I known that it would take a little bit longer. And the funny thing is people told me it might take a long time and I didn't believe them and I don't know why. But <laughs> I think what I would have done differently was just got more sleep, ate better, and just diligently practiced every day instead of panicking that I wasn't in yet. Because that's the thing. It's like you see, you hear the stories of the person that went to XYZ school, they were a wonder kid, and then they got hired before they were done, and now they have a television show. Yeah, and like everyone wants to be that because that sounds super great. Yeah, and that's not to dock people that have done that. Yeah, no. You know, you and I have met people who have done that. They're great. They're amazing people. But let's be real, most of us aren't those people. And really, those people aren't even those people. Like, on the inside, they've got their own stuff going on, too. And it's also not worth destroying yourself to be that person. No, no, just take it at a nice, nice, easy pace. (laughs) And I think when you talk to those people and hear their stories, you realize they're not quite the wonderkin that, you know, like, when you just see them from the outside and all you see is like, oh, it looks like an upward trajectory. But when you actually talk to people who have, seem like it's just like oh everything's just a success and you're like oh no they went through a lot of stuff too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they had a lot of failed pilots a lot of failed pitches Mm -hmm. a lot of bad student films a lot of really ugly drawings that they were just like what am i even doing yeah and they've also put in like a ton of time just practicing fundamentals so that's why their skill is so much Mm -hmm. further ahead yeah Yeah. so let's talk about that let's kind of go into our our next part of the discussion which is i want to discuss getting a job as well and like the stress of that and that leads to imposter syndrome so i actually looked this up because i've heard lots of different people say lots of different things but what is imposter syndrome so it is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills i know i've experienced this lauren have you ever experienced this Yeah, I feel like more during school, but I feel like the longer I've gotten in my, like, once I got past, I mean, I feel like everything flares up. So, Mm -hmm. like, right now I'm not experiencing it, but, yeah, I mean, how could you not as an artist? And also, like, especially now with social media where you're, like, seeing other people, especially when, like, for me, I'm almost 30. And then I see, like, kids on Instagram where, like, I'm 17. I'm like, wow, you draw better than me. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Hello, a future boss. Yeah. <laughs> but also like, wow, you're so cool too. Yeah. 
No, I actually tell that to the, the high schoolers I mentor. I'm like, no, no, it's like part of this is because I genuinely believe in you. But the other part is treat me well when you come and take <laughs> over my job and become my employer. Remember how kind I was to you. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think it's something most people go through. I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but. Yeah, I would say I, I see two parts of this. On the one that I hear a lot of friends, this irks me, and I know people say this a lot, but. I hate the word luck, and a lot yeah. of people attribute what they get to luck, and I always feel the need to tell them it wasn't luck, it was your hard-earned yeah. skill and hard work and meeting people, and I think that ties into Plus it. Plus good timing. Yeah, good timing is a big one. I feel like there's just not a word that exists for it, because no. luck like, just totally like throws you out of the picture. Like yeah. You're just like, oh, I just happened to be there, and... Yeah. Luck makes it seem like somebody threw a gold coin in yeah. your head and then suddenly you were inside and it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. It was actually when I went back to my undergrad to talk because, like, I kept on saying, like, oh, I just, like, lucked out, like, timing-wise and, like, all my professors, like, called me out being like, that wasn't luck. Like, you worked really hard. So yeah. I think that's part of mental health and as you're, like, working through your journey is, like, don't discount where you are and where you've grown from. Yeah. And it's hard because, like, Part of it, too, is, like, you are comparing yourself to other people because, you know, for jobs, like, you're going to be compared against other people. So how could you not? And you have to have a critical brain to see, like, am I growing and whatnot? But that can be, like, a double-edged sword. But yeah. I think that's that's why I always love looking through my old sketchbooks and whatnot. And I haven't gotten rid of, rid of any of mine since, like, seventh grade because, like, when I'm feeling down, sometimes I go back and look at my sketchbooks and be like, okay, like... I've grown. Yeah. Yeah. And comparison can definitely be a trap. And I think there's a difference between having a critical eye at your work to see what you can improve. Yeah, which is and, important. Yeah. And looking at, okay, what are people in my field doing? What is their technique? What is their, how did they develop their style? What artists are they gleaning from? How are they practicing? How are they thinking about the work? That I think is very important and that you should be doing that. But that to me is different from looking at someone else, especially on Instagram or social media and going, oh, wow, everything they do is beautiful and all their photos of their clothes and their perfect lives and their dog and everything about them is great. And uh, and then looking at yourself and feeling bad because yeah. one that's social media. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not real. None of that yeah. is real. It's, you but know. even those feelings come up when you're in school oh, with yeah. like your other students where like, it's mm -hmm. not on social media. Like when, or in like, I feel like once I moved into being a professional, I don't feel that like comparison amongst people. Cause mm -hmm. I think especially once you hear people's stories, like you only gain respect for everyone, Yeah. but it can, yeah, it happens during school as well. Oh, yeah. But I think <laughs> To getting to your point of being critical, like as we're discussing it, I think the good being critical about your art is like how you can see how you can grow and where you need to grow and how to go about that. But just to be aware of like, is how you're being critical, is it making you sad? Is it bringing you down? Like, cut that out. That's the part you don't want. The like comparing your personhood to mm -hmm. them or also comparing your quote unquote worst drawing to their best drawing mm -hmm. is not a good idea because you're comparing the thing that you're still currently trying to do to somebody that is they directed a movie or they created a show where they've been in the industry for longer than you've been alive yeah 
that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because of course they're better because they've been drawing for longer than you've been on this earth. Mm-hmm. So and that's what you get to when you're like important. working professionally. Cause mm-hmm. like, I know when I started my first revisionist job, like I was so stressed and panicked because like I wasn't drawing as well as everyone else and as fast. And then I came to this realization. It's like, well, no duh. Everyone else has been drawing 20 years longer than me. Like also everyone like, hired me knew that this was my first job so like they knew it would take time so anyways it carries over into your profession as well it definitely does and for me in school it was tough because so I went to art school when I was 30 so for me it was realizing that I was comparing myself to people who went to you know who did art classes through elementary school middle school went to art high schools majored in art and undergrad and were now master's students compared to me who I had taken one art class in undergrad. Mm -hmm. I took one art class in high school that was really bad. It was not a good art class. (laughs) I had one art class in sixth grade, did this comic book class when I was like 12. So I'd had four classes throughout the span and I'd gone to a bunch of like life drawing labs. And I remember being very sad and upset And after my first assignment, crying until I realized, wait a minute, I'm comparing myself to people who've been doing art. I had a whole other career for 10 years that had nothing to do with art. Of course, they're better. That only makes sense. And it took, but honestly, it took me a while to get to the point where I realized, yeah, I'm not at the same point because I started from a different point. Yeah. But I will eventually get there, but it's going to take a while. And that is okay. And that's what we're just trying to tell you guys. It's like, you know where you're starting from and you might be comparing yourself to somebody that started at a completely different point. So it's not a good idea to compare yourself to them because you don't know like if they went to some fine arts high school or if their parents were artists that could help them or if they just read a ton of books or watched a ton of movies. Mm -hmm. Even better, just ask them what they did and then do it. Yeah. Like if they're like, oh, I studied here, I did this or that, find those books. And so many people have just like, that I've talked to out here. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I just like, they use YouTube. Like a lot of people, like you don't have to, you'd be surprised like how much you don't have to spend money. Like you don't have to go to all these really, you know, like art high school Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Cause sometimes too, you're like, man, that would have been great if I knew about that. But yeah, anyways, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to take advantage. Texas, I don't know if that existed, but. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, they existed where I was from, but I just, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Cause I, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you can always, you can get to where you want to be, even if you're starting at a later point. Yeah. It just might take longer, but that's all right. I guess that's our main point is that it's, it's okay. Don't feel like, oh, I have to get better in like a month. It's like, well, no, I mean, unless you really want to, but then that kind of goes against the whole eating well, sleeping, exercising thing. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. It's just okay to take your time. Yeah. Sometimes I always joke where, like, it'd be nice to have a big crystal ball where you're like, I don't need to know, like, the specific details, but are things going to be okay if I could know that? Like, that would be so helpful sometimes. I've seen too many science fiction movies, though, where because they kind of saw the future, that eventually led to their downfall because they started making all these decisions and that was the thing that See, led that's to why them don't ruining know, stuff. That's why you don't know specifics. You just need to know, like, vaguely. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is this resulted in me shooting my own grandfather in the foot. Ah, I am my own grandfather. I am my own grandfather, or like a <laughs> twelve monkeys or, or primer, just uh, no. 
much Anyways, I'm getting off topic. Yeah, but that's, but it still lends to the topic, which yes. is there's no way to know your future. True. So just work diligently every day, but also rest. Yeah, and try not to, it's so hard because like we're speaking from a place where we're working in the industry, but like yeah. it's hard not to get panicked about your future. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was very panicked in college. I was very much, I have to get a job. I have to I have to support myself. I have to pay this looming college debt that's coming for me. It was like a wolf crying in the night. I could hear it. I could hear it was like mm. chomping at the bit to come and devour me, you know. You're worrying about that. Also, you know, you might be worrying about your family and friends. Not everybody has family and friends that support them being in the arts. Mm -hmm. So you might have family and friends going, "What are you even doing? Why are you even doing this?" Why didn't you go to nursing school or become a lawyer or any of these other professions that we can see the results? Mm -hmm. Instead, you decided to make cartoons. What are you even doing? Yeah. Or even like speaking from my experience, like I, I didn't go through that struggle, but my friends and family from back home when I opened up about like, because I was like, didn't know what was going on. I was like, very depressed and like anxious when I would talk about how I'm actually feeling and besides of just like oh I'm doing great they didn't know how to relate so instead it was just they would just tell me like oh you're so talented though it's gonna be fine which only made it worse for me because mm -hmm. it's all I'm such a liar yeah yeah so it's important to if you don't have people that you can talk to in your life who get the circumstances that you're going through find a mental health professional who can that you can talk to and if you do have friends that are going through similar circumstances, my roommate's my best friend, but she also works in animation. And when I finally opened up to her about everything I'd been going through, that's when I was finally able to like start building myself back together and start healing myself, dismantling like all the stress and anxiety I'd been going through. It still flares up because life is hard, regardless, even if you're working in the industry. Life throws you curveballs. Definitely stuff flares up now and then where you're like cool I thought that I was over this but I guess not yep. or now this is just like a different take on it mm -hmm. it's important to talk this is true and it's not like it ends once you get a job because that was one of the things I think that surprised me the most because I remember thinking oh when I get a job everything will be okay but then when you get a job it then becomes well not only do I want to get a good job but oh well, what's the next level well the next level is coordinator if you're production or it's script coordinator if you want to be a writer, or it's writer, or it's storyboard revisionist, mm -hmm. or it's a designer, and you realize, oh, there's always another step. And then it might be, oh, well, maybe this studio is doing more of the types of things that I want to do rather than this studio. Or, oh, I'm in TV, but maybe I want to work in feature. Oh, I work in feature, maybe I'd rather do children's books. And so it never ends. And so then it just becomes this how do you get off this hamster wheel? And you have to make the decision of deciding, yes, while career is important, there's more to life than animation. There's more to life than this. Cartoons are not the end all be all. And I know that for animation professionals, that's a big part of the problem is we tend to just get very much, we live and breathe cartoons we watch cartoons. It's very easy, especially in LA, to only have animation friends mm -hmm. and to only have film friends and to not meet other kinds of people because we're so busy trying to advance in our career. And sometimes it just becomes this echo chamber of cartoon, cartoon, yeah. cartoon, and everyone's stress. 
and you forget that, oh, there's this whole other world yeah. out here of other things. There's just such a bigger picture. I'm still really tight with my high school friends and like they all work like very different jobs and it's always so nice to like hear what they're going through because one, I feel like a lot of stuff like that stresses animation people out. I hear the same thing happening in their job. So I'm like, okay, like this happens everywhere. It's not just animation. But then it's also just on the flip side too nice to see there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger world out there because it gets so small and insular, which can be dangerous in your brain sometimes. This is true. I'm, I feel very thankful that I have one cousin who's in the entertainment industry and I have two friends that I did not go to art school with that are involved in the arts in different capacities from television and film. That's it. Everyone else I know has very different careers. Everyone else in my family does completely different things. So when I fly back to visit my extended family, we talk about television for maybe an hour, mainly because they're just very interested in hearing about LA and what that's like. And then after that, we don't talk about it again for like an entire week. And so find other people that are not in animation to talk to who have other hobbies and other interests. It will I feel like it do just, your soul a lot of good. Yeah, it just gives you a broader perspective, yeah. which also just, not just, like, I love all my animation friends. Like, mm-hmm. they're some of my closest confidants, and I love them deeply. But I am also thankful for my friends and family and also just getting to know people outside of animation because it just gives you a deeper perspective on the world and life in general which then you can also pour back into your artwork this is true because if you remember hearing brad this is quoted to brad bird if you don't have a life how can you animate life Mm -hmm. you kind of need to have lived and gone other places and seen other things that will only help inspire you. You need to take breaks once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you because you mentioned this earlier about, you know, your roommate and how helpful she was to you. And that brings up a really good point, too, of having a supportive network of people, whether that be an actual support group, you know, or like a therapist or mentors or just a group of friends that you can get together with maybe once a week every couple of weeks and just talk about life because that can be very helpful and very nice to like talk with other people that are going through similar things. Yeah well I guess speaking for me so like with my mental health stuff like I finally opened up to my roommate and she had like no idea what was going on and then like as you know like we host game nights and have people over but like and you've been around for these they usually we invite close friends and like yeah, we're having fun doing board games, but then it eventually spills out to essentially being like a a small group. None of us are like therapists or mental health experts. So like, if you're going through bad stuff, like, please go talk to a mental health expert. But I know for me, it's been very healthy, just everyone being able to talk, be vulnerable and be able to talk freely and see that stuff they're going through is either like someone else in the group's going through it or has gone through it or just having a support system so you don't feel so alone because I think that's what, besides prioritizing work as number one, just feeling isolated is like dangerous towards your your mental health. Yeah, Um, you start thinking that I'm the only one feeling this, I'm the only one thinking this, nobody else has this problem, nobody will understand, and that just isolates you more. Yeah, it's just like a bad cycle and I feel like Mm -hmm. for me, bringing visual turns, like things just get darker and darker and darker until it's pitch black. 
then you're just hopeless, which is a horrible place to be in. Yeah, then you don't want to get out of bed because you're just going, I don't want to go out there. I don't want to deal with that. I'll just stay in here forever. And you can't stay in your house forever. Mm -hmm. You have to eventually get out there and like figure stuff out. Yeah. And I think too, for me, talking it out loud, I think it's both because I'm like, Scandinavian roots which is very much just my grandparents and stuff were like we don't talk about it we don't do emotions in this house yeah so so it's a mix of that but also like I know for me in middle school like when I saw other people get bullied or whatever I was just well then I'm just gonna like build up walls and whatnot and like not feel stuff or like no just like be closed off I think it's more just like to turn off emotions because then I won't get hurt because I saw other people getting hurt and I was like well I don't want to get hurt but the thing is, sometimes you got like sometimes you have to go through it because otherwise it's just gonna build like sand piece by sand piece until all of a sudden it's coming out in a, like all these emotions you should have been like working through or it felt they just come out in a weird way where you're just yeah where you're like well where did that come from you know like when you react nastily to someone that you care very much about and you're like I think. For me, at least that's been something I've learned as I've grown is sometimes you have to face the pain that life throws at you, whatever that might be. Sometimes it might be tiny. My roommate always says it's like, sometimes too, what I do is like, well, like I'm not, I compare my, what I'm going through to like someone else. I'm like, well, it's not this great tragedy. So then I stuff it away, which then I don't deal with it. And that like, it just has like, your body has a weird way of giving adverse consequences when you don't deal with it Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's one learning thing for me is like no you have to walk through pain sometimes whatever that might be whether it be like rejection not feeling you're good and it's or like you're feeling good enough but it's it's okay to experience in that and sit in it for a little bit like work not sit in it but work through it Mm -hmm. yeah and you bring up a good point sometimes the only way to get over is to go through and you have to go through it and that is Mm -hmm. the human experience we're all going to experience pain we're all going to go through difficult things and there's some things that some people will experience that we'll never experience and there's Mm -hmm. some things that we're going to experience that are very universal that everyone's going to go through the details might not all be the same Mm -hmm. but we're all going to get hurt or have to deal with things yeah and i remember i had i heard this from a teacher once which i thought was really good which was Everyone's going to go through pain. It's how you choose to use it that makes a big difference. And pain is not fun. Nope. <laughs> it's not a, you know, it's a hard, it can be a harmful thing. But what it can also do, though, is it can teach you empathy for other people. Mm-hmm. And if you meet somebody who's going through what you've gone through, you can then say, oh, Maybe I can help this person. Yeah, say, or at hey, least like even just sit alongside yeah, and listen. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, sometimes just listening too yeah. can do wonders for, yeah, when people are going through stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like no matter how the hammer falls, no matter how big or small that hammer is, it still hurts. Oh, yeah. And so you shouldn't discount what you're going through. Mm-hmm. No, but you're right about listening. I remember, I'll never forget this. This was back when I was in college. My grandmother passed away and I remember going back home visiting my best friend and we just sat in her garage with the door open just looking out to the street and we just didn't say anything for about an hour and she had recently had her grandmother had passed away and I remember just feeling very sad but also very comforted by the fact that my friend is here she understands 
and we don't have to say anything and we can just sit. And you can be that for somebody, you know, if they're going through something that you've gone through or that you can relate to, it really helps to have someone who's been through that similar mm-hmm. pain, just be able to just sit and listen. Or if you want advice, you can ask them, hey, you've gone through this. What did you do? And they can give you advice and you can trust them and believe them because they know exactly what you're dealing with. Yeah. And that being said, like, like I, this, I'm just going to tie this into depression. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you have a chemical imbalance happening in your body yeah. and that's okay, but please get go to a mental health professional and like figure out a solution that works Mm -hmm. whether that there's no shame in taking medication if you need to take it Mm -mm. yeah and I've known many people that have it has helped them a lot so I feel like that's another level there's one thing if you're having a rough time and it's a season in your life to your point Mm -hmm. it's another thing if it's a chemical imbalance and the only person that's really going to be able to diagnose that is a doctor so if you suspect that might be a thing. Or even if yeah. you don't know, like it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just go, go get help. Mm-hmm. Learn from past both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get assistance because assistance can be good. And again, I can't stress the importance too of just friends and groups, mm-hmm. you know. And, and sleep. <laughs> and sleep. Yeah. And there's also a lot of places to find groups. I mean, you can join like, I mean, there's organizations that you can join there's volunteer stuff you can join if you're part of like a temple or a mosque or a synagogue or something they've got groups find your tribe of people in fact it's funny because I, I read um you ever read, read the blue zones did you ever read that yeah. book it's a really good book recommend it it's by this guy who was trying to figure out there was five different regions on earth where it just had the the largest percentage of centenarians, which are people that have lived into their hundreds, and he was trying to figure out why. And one of the reasons why was because they had close-knit groups mm-hmm. with friends and family. One of the other things was that they exercised, you guys. But one of the big ones was that they had their tribe, they had their community of people that they could rely on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's very important, especially in Western culture, which tends to be do everything by yourself which is like that's not gonna lead to you living a long time yeah yeah part of like especially like american culture is individualism and the personal stuff which like Mm -hmm. there's cool stuff from that but i think it's all basically all this comes down to balance so like Mm -hmm. you need to have a balance of both yeah yeah there's a time where yeah you need to be by yourself doing your own thing getting things done that doesn't necessarily need to be all the time once in a while human interaction is good or at least get a dog (laughs) dogs are people yeah dogs cats get a rabbit get a pet seriously no joke yeah Yeah. so yeah you guys so in short i think some good takeaways that have helped us out that you know we're still trying to work through we are by no means experts on this there's still nights i don't get enough sleep and there are days when i'm like candy's awesome yeah but i i know i'm in the same boat where i'm like i'm Mm -hmm. still figuring out and when i think i have it figured out then (laughs) stuff happens but that's okay Mm -hmm. that's okay that's part of being human but absolutely but practical tips that i know have helped me out particularly is getting more sleep they say seven to nine hours for me personally i try to get at least six i find that that helps out a lot eating more fruits and vegetables, and taking a walk. You know, slow steps, but walking a couple nights a week, eating better, sleeping more, has been really healthy. 
having interests outside of the realm of animation can help because it can help you focus on other things. And then finding a supportive group of people, either inside the industry or outside the industry that you can talk to. And then if you need to, seeking out a professional to talk about stuff with. Yeah. And I think too, adding on to the points, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something I'm still trying to work and figure out, but like trying to figure out a way where your work is not the number one priority. Oh, yeah. Like try and make a number two. Because mm-hmm. like, I feel like for me at least, a lot of negative mental health and like just health related consequences come from whenever I prioritize work and my art and my craft as number one, which it is important, but also like living life and treating myself well should be above that. That is true. And actually, that does tie into one other thing. Success and what success actually is. Because I feel like that ties into a lot of why we drive ourselves into mm-hmm. the ground. Drive ourselves crazy. Drive ourselves crazy as we're trying to reach a certain level of success without really defining for ourselves personally what is success to us and then why that's considered a success. Because I think it's good to have a very concrete goal, but then also to ask yourself, but why is that my goal? Mm -hmm. What do I think that will get for me? Is this actually going to solve the thing that I'm looking for. Yeah, and also having big goals and dreams are great, but also ask yourself at what cost? Mm-hmm. Is it going to cause you to start treating people poorly? Is that, I mean, for me, that's before anything else. I want to make sure that I'm treating my fellow humans in the same way I would like to be treated. Is having, keeping up your relationships with friends, taking the time to take care of yourself? Because if all you have is that goal and you don't know like what your boundaries are, I feel like it can like start eating up everything in your life. Yeah. And boundaries. Do you have them? That's a good thing to have. That's a thing to look into. That's actually, I would say, what you just mentioned, realizing that my relationships with friends and family needed to be a bigger priority has had a really good impact Mm -hmm. on my life. People are great. Yes, they can be. They definitely can be. And realizing that it means a lot to me to have good relationships with people. And that ultimately is what I want to have be the biggest thing in my life. And my career is important because I need a career to live and to eat, but that shouldn't supersede my family and caring about other people and the well-being of other people and also the well-being of myself. And then also just figuring out what is success and If you don't hit the goal in five years is this, my goal in 10 years is this, my goal in 15 years is this, realizing that that's okay. Life kind of happens at its own speed sometimes, even when you're very, very focused on trying to get Mm -hmm. it to go a certain way. There are things beyond your control and just being able to roll with that. Yeah, and I feel like when you... a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah, and if you have crazy priorities, like, yeah. that's just going to make... Yeah, it has bad consequences. But if you have things prioritized mm-hmm. correctly and hopefully have a good support system, when life throws you those crazy punches, they still suck, but you at least can, like you said, roll with them a little bit better yeah. rather than drowning in them. Yeah. For me, it was realizing that I cannot control everything and everyone. I had like a, you guys can't see me because, yeah, podcast, not a visual medium, but I'm like, 
making my hands into like a ball like I'm trying to do like the Dragon Ball Z like power thingy that's not how life actually works you can't really do that to life you kind of have to just kind of release your grip just a little just a little bit yeah and I feel tied to all of this animation's great I love working in it but it's also life is more than being stressed out all the time mm-hmm. so just something to think about yeah and remember why are we here we're here to make fun, interesting, serious, dramatic, cool, creative things. And you have to have your wits about you to be able to do that. And some days are more fun than others. Mm-hmm. But if every day is horrible, give, give yourself a moment to like pause to figure out why to like yeah. course correct. Or seek mental health professionals, yes. please. Absolutely. I think the bottom line is just seek out health and healthy habits. Yes. So Lauren, where can people find you online? They can find me at Lauren Krieger on Twitter. And then on Instagram, Lauren Krieger Art. I post sometimes regularly, sometimes not, depending on life, because life is more than social media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you guys know where you can find me. And I'll have links in the show notes for some really cool, like, health things that I found from various books and mental health organizations and different institutions. And these are from, like, the World Health Organization and whatnot. So fun reading that you guys can use to inspire yourselves and to have happy, healthier lives. Yeah, and also hopefully the biggest thing from listening from this is if you're going through unexpected emotions, know that it's normal and that... You don't have to suffer through them yeah. needlessly, silently. Especially if you're in school or if you're out of school, but you're currently looking for work, whether you just graduated or you're a veteran and you've been working for a really long time. A lot of these ups and downs, they're common. Mm-hmm. They happen a lot. In our industry, it's not a its not a straight shot. It's more of a circle. You work one place, you're looking for something yeah. else. You work a bumpy place. circle. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a crazy chart. Yeah. <laughs> Lots, lots of pitfalls sometimes, but yeah. So again, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great to have you back. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And that concludes today's episode. Special thanks again to Lauren for being a wonderful guest. And make sure to check out all of the links to her websites in our show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five-star review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more people to find out about the show And thank you to everyone who's left a review. We really, really appreciate it. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal donation button on the right-hand side. Your donations enable us to pay for the hosting of the website as well as the technical costs associated with running the podcast. And thank you to everyone who's donated. We certainly appreciate that. And to see what else is going on in the world of animation, Make sure to check out our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. On Tumblr, the site is theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And to see what Jeff has been up to, you can visit his website at www.jeffbot.com. That's J-E-F-B-O-T dot com. On Tumblr, you can visit his site at www.jeffbot.tumblr.com. On Twitter, the handle is at JeffBot. And on Instagram, the handle is at Shootsie, and that's S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E. 
And to see what I've been up to, you can visit my website at www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram, the handle is at sketchysoul. So that does it for our mini-series. Thank you again to everyone who participated. We appreciate every single one of you. And thank you all for listening. And until next time, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. Bye.